Hey there, and welcome to Journey Drinkers Podcast. My name is Masik Togrik, and thank you for tuning in. Journey Drinkers is a place for like-minded whiskey drinkers to come together and share our passion for the spirit and to develop whiskey stewardship. We will sample our way through the best and worst of whiskeys through blind taste testing to see if we have what it takes to maintain an objective reality based on what's in our glasses. Join me on my journey to find the best pours, stories, and friendships that whiskey can make. This is Journey Drinkers. Hey there, it's your boy Mossack reporting in live from the Igloo. we got a very special guest here today with us, Dexter. Dexter motherfucking Allen. He uh, is a restaurateur, local whiskey nerd. I love this guy to death. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you for coming in. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I, I'll take that as an introduction. <laughs> So we got uh, we got Dex in uh, today. He's got some 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 pretty pretty exciting news. Uh, this probably won't won't uh, won't excite a lot of the non locals in in Lexington. But for me, man, I'm I'm biting at the chomping at the bit trying to trying to get as much as I can out of you out of, uh, for for your new place for your new restaurant. Yeah. So I really haven't put a whole lot on wax myself. Uh, Mom and dad did an interview with Fox 56 uh, locally. Um, but yeah, I'm opening up, <clears throat> excuse me, own bourbon bar restaurant down in Chevy Chase. Um, and my business partner, uh, Cannon Applegate, uh, has been with my dad for about 30 years. He's a classically trained chef. I believe it's Cordon Bleu that he graduated from. I mean, he's just a wizard badass in the kitchen so he's my back of the house guy and i'm kind of doing the front um and i'm super excited about it uh today's a ner- is an excited day and then there's some the next tomorrow i'll probably be nervous <laughs> as hell but um it's it's fun so that's really right well if it if it doesn't scare you it's probably not worth doing huh that's what a lot of people keep saying and i'm like <laughs> it's pretty <laughs> damn scary but um it's exciting it's kind of you know i've kind of looked at it and I've started to realize like this is kind of what I've been working at um subconsciously you know this to do my own thing um and I think it's going to be a great way to be able to show kind of what I've learned from the industry and what I want to put into the industry um, or leave for the industry I guess is a better way to say it yeah and in a in a scene full of heavy hitters oh I mean it's, it's especially this town. I mean, I don't really feel like Lexington gets talked as a food town, but for the amount of people to restaurants and good restaurants, that is, I mean, it's, it's crazy. So if I could hold a candle to a few of them, that'd be great. Or any of them would be awesome. Right on. Well, I'm really excited for you, man. Well, thank you. It's it's come along with that. I met you in a restaurant. I met you at a bar and, uh, you know, we, we met through whiskey. Yep. It's really cool that you're doing your own whiskey thing. So I can't wait. It's been a while since I've been behind a bar. So uh the version of of this this whiskey bar that you got. So what what are you aiming for here? So like tell me a little bit about where you envision it. Well, you know, we are in Chevy Chase, so I am gonna play into I mean, location, location, yeah, location. Yeah, yeah. You know that. It's a great spot. Um at, with over 150, 160 parking spots is kind of unheard of. Um, but, you know, it's going to be with the food aspect, it's going to be small plates, medium sized plates. Um, we are doing lunch, which will be more, you know, your typical sandwiches, you know, salad, stuff like that. Um, but me, if you, Masik knows me, I am a dusty type guy. I love vintage spirits, it, whiskey, 
any type of spirits. So it'll be definitely kind of highlighting some of those that I've collected, amassed over the years and things that I can find that also is not going to destroy your pocketbook at all. Um, But it's definitely going to be more Kentucky traditional, you know, Southern type fare. Um, And then the bourbon list, you know, I will have the ones that your out-of-towners want to see on the list. But we'll definitely be doing single-barrel picks. Um, do have a package license secured for it. Nice. Um, so we will be sell- selling those by the bottle, dusty tastings, probably doing more um, tastings with master distillers on, you know, current distilled product. And, you know, no, kind of no frills. You know, I was telling people um, – I'm blanking on what I was telling people a few months ago. It's kind of changed. But – you know, elevated, but not pretentious. Sure. Where you could have, you know, sitting at the bar, the guy that pulled up in a motorcycle with tattoos, guy in a sport coat that just got out of his law firm, you know. Yeah. They're all there to just do the same thing, get sure. some food and have a good drink. I mean. And, and if anything has brought more eclectic people together, I think it's whiskey. Oh, 100%. 100%. Whiskey, yeah. beer, wine. We'll have kind of a little bit of everything, definitely more of an emphasis on American whiskey, Kentucky bourbon, of course. Um, and then food, you know, with the chef, I've told him, I mean, if you can get it fresh and you can get a good deal on it, we can pass that on to customers, you know, influence customers, or not influence, but store steer them in a way that they normally wouldn't be steered into, where they find things that they love and... You know, if we could just provide a memorable experience for any time anyone comes in, that's, you know, the end goal. Right on, man. That's awesome. I'm really excited for you. Well, thank you. You got a, you got a good product. You got a good head on your shoulders. I mean, you've been in the business for a while. Yeah. Um, and your family's restaurant is one of my favorites ever. Well, thank you. Josie's. It's, it smacks the hardest as far as brunches, in my opinion. I can't beat that gravy. I think I have a biscuit and gravy <laughs> four or five days a week. God, how are you not 500 pounds? Man, uh, a lot of walking. <laughs> Running more like it. But. Yeah. yeah, man. You can't, you, can't, uh, you can't fuck with the chicken tenders either, man. Those chicken tenders. See, that's like, I don't, the namesake of the tenders isn't really because I like, chi- I mean, I don't get me wrong. I like chicken tenders, but it was because, you know, the names, the restaurants after my little sister, um, I'm the firstborn. Um, I was the black sheep, a <laughs> slow learner, as my dad likes to say. <laughs> and so one day my friends came up and Trey, my brother, my mom, dad, they all have something on the menu. And I hadn't had something on the menu. Oh. My friends were like, Bobby, that's come on. So the next day, Dexter's Chicken Tenders came on the menu and <laughs> I just said, OK, I'll take it. It's, <laughs> it's something. So, man, right on. My boy's a big fan. I'll oh, good. I mean, they still come up to me like the like the kitchen manager. Like if you know they'll they'll try a new chicken tender or whatever, they'll still come up to me like Dexter. You have final say, and I'm like, what? <laughs> like, okay, give me that tender. Yeah. <laughs> it's got your name all over, it, baby. You got as well. With it. That's right. Speaking of having your name on stuff, man, you got uh, you got some bottles, some in, some uh, some unmarked bottles. Well, I can't really see them. But before we dive into that, I wanna I wanna cleanse our palate a little okay. bit with uh with, with a good bottle that I've been passing around the last couple episodes. Uh I had the I had the privilege of opening this with some really close friends, um, some really good friends and uh I feel I feel the need to to kind of give you a little shot of it, man. Okay. Let me know what you think. Oh. Oh. So here we have an old Fitzgerald bottled in bond. Hundred proof for up your course bottle of bond six years four fifths quart, 
This was distilled in 1955 and bottled in 1961. Wow. And the... The cork is functional too. It's got the hole you can pour into it. It's like a shot thing. It's it gets messy. <laughs> but. Last time I had a decanter, um, old Fitz decanter like this style. Um, Help yourself. Let's just say, you know, I tried to cheesecloth it, try to get it clear. Mm-hmm. It came out a little clearer. I still took a shot. I was in the bathroom the rest of the night. Oh no! Well, we opened this. Uh, few weeks ago so it's it's had a little oxidation and it hasn't it hadn't sent me packing let's just say that but this is this is some fine juice man this is a wiener stitzel weller baby you know all about that oh stitzel i there's a lot of days i wish i was a little bit older um to get into the vintage market vintage game a little sooner um but luckily you know i think it was I'll be 30 at the end of the year, so take nine years away from now, which would be, what, 2014, 2013? Is that when you got in the game? Well, I graduated high school in 2012, so like three years after that is when I got into it. But I really think it's like 2015, 2016. I mean, looking back, like I still remember being able to get, you know, if you camped out, you'd get George T. Stagg, but you were one of – at that time, maybe 20 people in line. Right. Um, but I, w- I went to a tasting in Brad Bond's revival up in uh, Covington. He gave me, I think it was like an 82, 81 um, old granddad. And that just set it off. <laughs> and I remember just, you know, like I would go and get all your current release stuff. And, you know, I... You call me a flipper if you want, but I would definitely take it all and go get as much vintage stuff. And then had a 77 Old Weller Antique, and that really just mm. was like, oh, okay. So and Was that the gold vein then? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Stitzel National Distillers are just mm. like super, I mean, I, I love it. Um, I know just, you're, you're a Stitzel Weller whore. Let's, let's be honest. Yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> Says the man with the old granddad hat on, too. That's it's tough now, though, because you. I would love to just bunker and bunker more, but it's yeah. just, I mean, I'm not flush with cash. You to can't hardly validate it, yeah. It's just the market now is just crazy, and you kind of like with vintage, it kind of dips more than the current stuff, but nowadays it's just ridiculous. You say you feel like you're lost. you've <laughs> lost years. Wish you'd have got into it earlier. I mean, I graduated in 05 and didn't really start drinking whiskey till 2016. So, I mean, there were prime, like, bourbon buying and drinking years that I just, I was just after a good IPA. You know what I mean? So That's, and I love beer, but, I mean, I did, like, I remember going to the original Willet gift shop that was probably a few feet bigger than this room. <laughs> And getting 12 years at 120, and even then being like, 120 for a 12 year <laughs> bottle of bourbon? Are Appalled. they crazy? <laughs> and then three, and then 25 year rye sat for $300. Oh my God. And then one day it went up to 1200, and I was like, man, I must buy two now, you know? Like, yeah. but I'm glad that I witnessed it, but then there's times where I'm like, I don't know why I didn't think back then, like, well, if you really like it, buy four. Mm hmm. Well, that's the mentality now, and it's driving interest 
just by having exclusivity, right? Yeah. I mean, four or five, six years ago, when I really first started drinking whiskey, I never would have thought that regular Buffalo Trace would be an allocated item. I get a call from our distributor like, you just got a, you have a new allocated bottle. It's a one liter of Buffalo Trace. And I'm just like, <laughs> I'll take it. Thank you. But it's, yeah, it's crazy. God, used to wait. be able to, I remember building cocktail lists and being like, well, let's use Buffalo Trace on the cocktail list in the menu. Yeah. yeah and yeah, I'd yeah. go say, can I get five cases of Buffalo Trace? And they'd be like, oh, it'll be there Tuesday. It. You got it. Yeah. And now it's like, <laughs> you're dreaming you're dreaming <laughs> you're, you're doing what you can yeah. but that's the one thing i've always never understood is why kentucky gets treated as like the redheaded stepchild in case to all the other states and sure. allocation and even just regular product i think it more so it goes along the vein of 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 expansion and being competitive in a global market and it starts here stateside right so if, the, if these brands are getting pushed out to our neighbors or further, you know, and driving that interest here, it will eventually expand into other markets, right? And I've touched on this a little bit before, probably not on the podcast, but about how we haven't really even expanded into the Chinese or Indian markets, which are arguably two of the, 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 the biggest markets in the I'd world. I'd say, yeah, that's probably one, two biggest market. Right. So you go to China, what bourbons are you seeing on the show? You know, plenty of scotch, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. You know, but... Japanese whiskey, I'm sure, you know, but what kind of bourbon representation are we at globally? You're probably at Makers. Makers, Jim Beam. Jim Beam, Turkey. Turkey. Then you got maybe. Someone will say Jack Daniels. Well, Jack Daniels is a Tennessee whiskey, but it meets all the qualifications of a bourbon. So, you know, they, they are a Tennessee whiskey. Uh, but, uh, but beside the big four or five, I mean, what else you got? I guess I mean I would say with globally, how, globally with how much money they have been spending, I'd say you, Woodford's kind of creeping up there. Yeah, just with how much money they spend for Derby. Man, if they just give us good cash strength single barrels, man. Woodford, come on, baby, Get, play ball with us I, locally. Come on, let's do it. To be honest, I me not being a big Brown Foreman dissolute fan myself. That don't get me wrong. There's been some old Forester picks that have been. Remarkable, oh my God. and at cast rank, you taste that bitch at cast rank. Oh, but Woodford, Lord. I mean, it's an expensive barrel to then be spe- thinking, like, oh, well, I just probably bought like 12, 13 cases of water with this barrel. Like, yeah, that's fair. And you know, if you're a bar and you're using Woodford and you're going through Woodford like crazy, makes sense to buy a barrel, but like, if you're a fan of bourbon. Go to another distillery. I mean, you've been on several picks there, right? I mean, you've tasted them at Cast Strength, right? I actually, we did one um, for a restaurant I was working at, and I actually had like, it was flu, sinus infection, and I was oh, just no. like, you know, don't get me wrong. If it was like, we're going to Willet or we're going to Four Roses, I think that sinus infection would have cleared up. <laughs> but I just knew that we were tasting it at Cask. I'm not yeah, a big brown yeah, foreman. Yeah, yeah. And so I kind of had sent, you know, Mom, dad, my brother, I'm like, know, oh, man. you'll be okay. Some of those, some of those single barrels of brown foreman are, are probably, probably some of the sleepy, like sleeper. I still barrels. haven't had a, but see, me, I still haven't had a king in Kentucky that I've been like, I would buy a bottle of. Them. Oh my god, you're you're not tasting the right ones. I, they just the the two three that I can remember I've had, and that's probably the first one, the first three times they came out. It was just straight ethanol for me. Yeah. 
Well, they're, they're, you know, just like any other single barrel program, uh, people forget like how coveted Four Roses is right now. I mean, in the past couple years or two, three years, you have to sift through a lot of single barrels back in the day to get a really good one. It seems like what what they're doing now is they're just releasing bangers. I mean, it seems like you know they, th- they have the allocation system set to where they don't have to reach out and not necessarily beg people to take them, but actually like have a really good quality product leaving and increase in their value to, to whiskey drinkers and nerds. I think a lot of the single, bar- and to be honest, I mean, I haven't really, I've kind of stepped away um, from whiskey. I mean, I haven't done a pick in probably a few years at this point. Um, well, I've, I've, I've participated, but not really been like calling the shots or, yeah. you know, um, I feel like what I've noticed though, and talking with friends and stuff is that I believe that the single barrel, the person that's leading that program, they're probably picking out barrels like, Oh, well, people really love off profile barrels and they're picking barrels that would be more individualistic and in letting those continue into the program. And then the barrels that probably would have gotten passed on a few times. They're like, well, we're blending. We have a product that's already blended. Just send yeah. that barrel that way. And it's funny because their pick room is right next to where they, they dump. Yeah. So it's like, you know, they just roll them right out in there and put them in whatever, you know. And, you know, nowadays, like I remember when I, we first started doing barrels, I mean, I won't say who said it, but one of the, the gentlemen that is high up at a distillery said, I mean, we drinking a drink or we drinking to get drunk? I mean, we can keep going. <laughs> And we had already bought two, three barrels at this point and yeah. passed on one that still kicks me to my kicks my ass to this day yeah. that we didn't. But I feel like nowadays it's like, here's your three barrels. If you don't like them, that's fine. We'll call someone and they'll buy yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's just the, the, the nature of the market. It's f- for for us at the level we're at, like where we're 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 looking for unique, we're looking for the most delicious thing, doesn't necessarily Mean that it's on, it's got to be off profile, like you mentioned. True, but at the same time, those will probably be gobbled up quicker. You know. Oh, so yeah. I, I can see why it would behoove them to do that. But most recent Four Roses single barrel selection I was on last week. Shout out to uh, some folks up in Madison, Wisconsin. Those guys were great. Um, it was really, really solid. Like there was not a bad recipe in there. We end up selecting the OBSK, ten year plus OBSK, and that hopefully, nice. hopefully they start turning the corner of those BKs because I'm, man, that's what really made me fall in love with Jim Rutledge's arrows OBSKs. Just remarkable. I have a crack at a 2011 small batch single or limited edition Lim- small, 2011. Yeah. Um, it was the guy's like, oh, I have one. He didn't tell me the price. I was like, well, I'll take it. So I'm gonna see how much that hurts me because I already told him I'd take it and he'll. Yeah. I saw his list of everything else that he had priced, and you know, when you see Elijah Craig twenty on the first thing, you're like, <sighs> "Oh, what's this guy got?" Oh, Lord. But I'm at a point now where with the business, and I maybe four years ago I'd be like, "I'll take it all," but you know, <laughs> nowadays it's just well, it'd be a tax write off for you now. I didn't even think about it like that. No, because no. <laughs> well, like, I, I would love to have things on the bar that people put on. You see on a list, yeah. and you're like, "Oh my." How did he get that? And it's reasonably priced. But we're not at, I'm not in a DC or Chicago. I can't have a 
1919 to 1940 old fits bottled and bond for yeah. 1250 an ounce i'd love to but let's be honest i'd probably be drinking that and right. not making any i you know right, and would right, never right. sell it but you know i there's some things i have that i'm like okay maybe i do put you know that's just you're at a point now in in life in bourbon i've seen a few things to know like i'll never see another one of those yeah which is a shame man but the thing is, like, when Freddie Johnson said it best in the documentary, Neat. I still have mine sealed. Like, in the DVD sealed. I have yeah? A, I think I watched it on Amazon. You watched it on Amazon. Probably, I think so. Whatever. But continue. Sorry, I apologize. It's all right. He cracked that bottle of Pappy with his brother and his dad, and he went to put the cork back on. And his dad, hey, God, honey, what are you doing? Put put that cork down. Well, we're going to have some pours. Well, it's a really coveted bottle. I'm going to share some for later. And his dad got on his ass a little bit and was like, Freddie, when you were born, all these rack houses around us were full of whiskey. When you started working here, all these rack houses around us were full of whiskey. And right now, all these rack houses are full of whiskey. Whiskey is only what you make of them and the memories you make. And the company you share with friends and family, closest friends and family, and gah, ah, I do, I mean I do feel I a tearjerker. I, I agree to that. There's <laughs> been times I've opened things just for this. I mean to be honest, I really nowadays won't be popping a bottle unless it's got there's five, six, seven of us together. Right, right, right. Because nowadays, a good like, share. Yeah. I could just crack open a. I mean, to be honest, I can crack open a beer and just be just as happy, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Man. The thing with bourbons, you'll have one, then I'll have three, then I have four, and, you know, you got to get up and yeah, have yeah. a, te- you know, get some stuff done. It's just, yeah. <laughs> it's tough. Yeah, you can drink a little water in there. You can pregame a little bit with some liquid <sighs> IV. I don't even know what water is as I crack <laughs> one. No, man. No, I just, I, I, I don't know. Hangovers, I... <laughs> That's a real thing. We should we should probably talk about hangovers, right? I mean, and pacing yourself and having that like having that game plan as to to not destroy yourself the next day. Number one is hydration, right? You just gonna have to drink as much uh, water as you can. I'm the see, like I'm a camel. Like I'll drink this bottle of water and be like, it'll be another month or two before I have more water. Like I just <laughs> Holy I'm bad with water, but like wow. I knew I was coming over here. Made sure I ate some food. Yeah, I did. I did actually have a IV, liquid IV. My girlfriend had at the at the house was like, well, yeah, yeah just yeah. to be safe. It's a good but prep. I was yeah. also like, every time I go to Mossick's house, I always tell myself right before I knock on the door, "You're gonna be good. You're gonna be good." <laughs> and I'm pretty good at being like, "Nope, no more." You have been really good. I've not. I've not got you. Oh, yeah. not you've got gotten, there was one time you got me and I think I, <laughs> I, I slept it off for a while, woke up at like five in the morning and was oh, like, shit. where am I? <laughs> so, all right. So describe that igloo experience because there's been a couple people bit by the igloo. The igloo being my house. I'm Alaska native for, for those listeners who's just wondering what the heck the igloo is. I'm Alaska native. So I call my house the igloo. So was it? It wasn't the time we went to MGP the night, the day after. It was, it was before then or maybe after then. But I came over. Maybe it was the night I met Frederick. Okay, for the first time. Yeah, 
Yeah, and he stayed so, here for a little while. Frederick Chabot, shout out to you. He's in D.C. now. Got uh, Take Your Pick Liquors in, in D.C. They just had a fire, so he's going through all that. Shout out to him. I thought so. That's awful. I hope everything goes well for you, Frederick. Yeah. Shout out to you. He's doing well, though. Good. He, and I mean, of course, he's like, oh, well, here, I, let me bind you on something. Let me bind you on something. Let me bind you on something. <laughs> well, in the first pour he gave me, I'm sitting there, and I'm like, this can't be. Like, I just met this guy. Like, can't be what this is. And I, like, looked at him, and I was like, 70 Stitzel Welder? And he's like, yeah, it's a 76 old Fitz bottle. And I'm like, <laughs> I just met you. So then, like, the second one was like Xmas Rye or something. Yeah, and I was just yeah, like, yeah. Hey, Frederick what? went hard. He goes hard Can't to, say this no day, to this day. To this day. One of the most generous motherfuckers I know. Mo- probably, yeah. Eat pr- after you, probably, you and him are probably like right next to each other, most generous for sure. What a guy. Well, Kenny Mills gets, oh, gets yeah, a, Kenny Mills, sorry. Gets an honorable mention. Don't hurt I mean, me, he's Kenny. been, he's been uh, far more generous than I have lately, but uh, what, what a, what a lineup. I haven't been to his house in a long, he, he, I think it was I, last time he was there, I was there, wasn't it? I, his house, there might be a harder temptation to be like, you have to be good. <laughs> well, I got a decent selection, but Kenny Mills is. Well, no, just because Kenny won't just hand you one thing. He'll put three things in front of you yeah, and be like, yeah, oh, yeah. this is the order I want you to blind this in or mm-hmm. taste this in. Or taste it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or like, I'm going to give you a blind and it'd be three headbangers. Oh, like, and you're like, what the fuck? You're con- palate's confused. <laughs> you don't know or he's like, oh, doing. yeah, we're going to taste a little bit of like dusty turkey. And you come over and it's just like, Five bottles that's fresh, crack, fresh, crack, fresh, and you're just like arguably some of the best juice in the nation. That 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 one made me. I mean, spoiled me. I mean, ruined. What was the one? There wasn't. It wasn't donut. It was a twelve like year, twelve year. Um, he had some split that fourteen year that comes the yes. dealer, the Stiller's masterpiece. Yes. But what was the one that was? This is the pewter top. Or the Japanese one. Oh, free. yeah, yeah, yeah. The one yeah. that that was – and I'm not a big turkey guy, but that and the donuts. You never me. really did lean turkey. I like donuts, but I think I have one left. And uh, the 101, just for some reason, like I could go drink a 144 stag mm. and be like yeah. – It's good, yeah. But then drink – a 101 from 78 or whatever it is, and it just... And it smack you in the mouth. feel like I'm a yeah. dragon just breathing yeah. fire. You mentioned that before, and it really took me aback. Um, having a favorite proof range in the Dusty Selection, being 86 proof, over 100. Well, I've been wanting to test the theory, so I've always loved the 86, 90 years over the 100 proofers, and maybe that's me telling myself that because you used to be able to get... 286ers for the price of 100. 100, But I used to also smoke Marlboro Reds for (laughs) 12 years. um, I think it's nine months now I have not smoked cigarettes. Nine months in? Yeah. You were famous at taking the cig break, bro. Oh, And come back in, it's like, oh, I smelled tobacco now. People get mad at me, and I'm like, well, (laughs) I remember you know, at Four Roses, you pick a barrel, there's the smoker's pole right outside that door. I'm like, it's here for somebody, so I might as well use it. But... My palate's completely changed in the things where I can taste way more like bottom Mm, and a little bit more high range. But like the mid's just more vivid. Vivid. And as you said to me months ago, it's like, I I don't know how you taste anything. All it is is tar. But like, yeah, there's no tar taste for me really now, which is nice. But I also kind of 
have when I quit cigarettes, kind of did lean off drinking because if I'm gonna it's be drinking trigger. whiskey, yeah, I'm gonna be big like, time trigger. Yep, you know. Mm-hmm. But I've definitely noticed. I mean, I haven't really been drinking a whole lot of vintage stuff since in the nine months. Kind of just reared back, but I've had done some tastings and been like, really don't remember that tasting like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're yeah, you're kind of gaining access of 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 profiles and taste buds. Well, let me blind you on something. All right. That you didn't previously have access for access to rather when you were smoking. And for me, I have a theory. So tobacco, the 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 tar flavor that I was mentioning earlier, when you're doubling down on on a flavor, it's gonna it's gonna not neutralize it, but you're you're gonna be numb to it. So you don't really get that interaction Say if a uh, whiskey was heavily tobacco forward or leather or something that that is in the same category, you know, profile wise with cigarettes, it just doesn't. It you're you're numb to it, so you don't get that full expression of that of that note and the symphony that it's singing to your palate. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. It's kind of like you're you're only partially blind or uh, um, deaf to certain frequencies. Frequencies. Yeah. No, it makes sense. <laughs> so it's like you da 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 da. <laughs> so, but for your palate, like for me, it neutered it in a lot of ways. Oh, I definitely feel like it now. Looking back, I can be like, oh, that mid from like, let's say, if from a scale of one to a hundred, that scale of like thirty to seventy mm. was just more mudded out than anything. Right. right. Um. It's crazy. I mean, like now I'm like, well, let's go pick some barrels. Maybe I won't say stupid tasting notes anymore. <laughs> but I, I, I don't think they're stupid. And that take, I take never, that I've never, no, I've never known. And you've, we've, we've tasted quite a bit together. I'll yeah. say some, I'll pick out some, indiv- some very specific, like. Yeah. You've always, I've always thought of your palate being in a high regard for a smoker. And I say that because I, I think of smoking as a handicap. Oh, for sure. I, and I, and like when I would be doing barrels or doing tastings, like I knew that my base note was a Marlboro Red, and mm-hmm. like, you know, but I, I kind of like I don't like to say, oh, the good thing about smoking was that, like, when I was smoking, it was a lot harder for my palate to just like go done, like be done yeah, for the night. Because if yeah. I would go smoke, it probably would be done, but <laughs> I would feel like it wasn't because I you have a new fresh. Exactly, yeah, more yeah, yeah, a yeah. fresh tar layer or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to see what you think on this. All right, this cool. was one. You that mind I, if I take some notes? Give me of some. Of course, give me love on that. I haven't really. I poured probably the last four ounces of this into um, Boston rounds. Mm-hmm. It was one of the release newer releases. It's probably a few years old now. Maybe try and keep it blinder. Um, that I was super, super ecstatic for. And typically, I'm not the type that chases this line. And got one. And I was severely, severely disappointed. Interesting. So what are you tasting now? Um, what, what What's kind of caught your eye on what whiskeys that are being released now are, are, catch, are catching your eye, Dex? While I, while I write my notes on this. Oh. <sighs> You know, to be honest, it's very like when I ran the bar, it would be easier to try taste newer product because we just, you know, 
I, I would get it for the bar. Um, now at Josie's without having a bar um, at breakfast time and then at night being a limited bar, I really kind of just keep up more with awards and spirits competitions, stuff like that. And just yeah, that's fair. seeing what people post. Like I see everyone's head over heels with Penelope. Um, and I saw MGP bought that and I'm like, it's kind of was already there. Big time move that. Good for them. I mean, marketing genius. Good for them. But good for the Penelope guy to be like it. Well, and you know it makes sense, right? And from what it's what it's been broken down to me about is uh, MGP basically only will only have X amount of dollars into it, which is nominal to what they, you know, on paper would pay for it. But paying a marketing agency or putting that into a campaign. It, it, you know, it's, it's just brilliant marketing in that you don't have to develop a new thing. You just establish someone else's built reputation. And it's still, you know, it, it, we know that it's the same juice, but you see it on the shelf and it's like, well, the consumers expect a, a certain level of quality from this product. True. And it's really interesting for me to see what MGP does with it now. Like, oh yeah. I'm, I've always been kind of curious, always surprised why they haven't really like you know, like when Boone County starts popping off, be like, "Hey, Boone County, you want to like sell some of us your shares, and we'll give you better <laughs> barrels in some places." Right, right, right. But I, none of that happened. No, it never did. It's kind of like Boone they always County, just, Traverse City, Smooth Ambler. It's like they kind of just thought, like, "Oh yeah, we have good shit. Like we don't care. Like yeah, we'd rather get it out than like make a buck off of it or like take the own recognition." And it's right. like that. That never really made sense to me, especially when. You've taken the golden, the golden bridge or the, the yellow brick road and seen behind the curtain. Right, and you're right, like, right, right. Oh my God. They not, have so much product. Not, not to, not to shit on the facility. It's not for consumers. Like, no. There's no, there's no like glitz and glamour to it. Like any, any distillery tour you've been on. It's not like the distillery tour at MGP. Oh, I mean, they're like, yeah, you, uh, you want to hand us your you want to hand us your phones. Here's a hard hat. <laughs> yeah. um, don't take any photos. Mm-hmm. And you know, I kind of knew what to expect because we have my grandparents' farms in Petersburg, Kentucky, which is just on the other side of the river. Oh. So I kind of like we would go across the river to go eat at night sometimes. So I would, it always was like this big factory. But when you see their Rick houses, I mean, I don't even know if you call them Rick houses. They're Rick, Rick mansions. They're mansions. They're concrete Rick houses. And then it's like New Riff or Jefferson's. Like when you go to New Riff or Jefferson's and you see the barrels, you know, stacked up vertically instead of mm-hmm. horizontally, you you kind of have this idea of like, oh, that's not right. Well, then you go to MGP and you're like, oh, they've been doing this for yeah. 50 years, yeah. which made me give it more like of a sense of respect, which right, I right, should have right. not disrespected, if that makes right. sense. Well, anything out of the norm or what your perception of normal is. True. Right? I mean, growing up in Kentucky, it's like when you see a Rick House like that. They're laid down and you roll them not... around and that's how you get them to and fro. Exactly. Not with a fucking machine. But when you're putting out that much output, you have to. You better stack to. them to the ceiling yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, It makes sense. In An industrial... You know, and they process. know that they're not touching them for, you know, ten, nine, eight years, or until the customer says, well, "We gotta make some money. Send us the yeah, barrels." Yeah, and that's another one that still kicks me in the butt. Oh, 
jumping on that train when it was I hot. could have like 11 years right now. <laughs> I could have like 10, 11 year barrels right now. You and me both. I just didn't have fucking 20 grand to put well, down. Well, then someone ever came. Well, I kept getting told, oh, you still always have a con. You're like, it's all good. And I, you know, I had the paperwork from that original day. Yeah. Send it in. They were like, no. that was four or five years ago. What are you talking about? I was like, oh, no, no, I'm in there. Like, I swear. Yeah, look like, me up. Sorry, we can't do it. I understand. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, MG, I and I never really was a big MGP guy. I don't get me wrong. To be fair, I don't, I don't remember you having like a heavy leaning towards MGP either. The only one I can say that blew me out of the water. If anyone has one, I'll take one. Is that eighty six point eight smooth ambler cast strength? That is ridiculous. This is barrel ten thousand fifty three, age fourteen years, eighty six point four proof. And John Little himself has said this is the best thing that has ever came out of Smooth Ambler himself. I mean, straight, straight coffee. I drank through, and that cast rank, 86.4. I drank through probably three or four of those. I loved it. You uh, you only really see those low, low proof casks coming out of MGP. Coming out of MGP. And it's just because of that little ecosystem they find themselves So, in. well, it's been, you remember when we were there. He said. He brought, he brought out. A, a scientist. He yeah. brought out a, a, a bio, whatever, whatever his title was. We don't even know if that he was probably just some like guy in the back. And they're like, no, we went through their sensory lab. Every one of them had a coat on and glasses and looked like they knew a lot more than me about. True, it. true. Yeah. I'm over here like, <laughs> how we doing? <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, the guy came back and I and I asked I asked our two guy at the time he was what uh, number two in charge of. All of MGP. Yeah. Can't remember the gentleman's name. Forgive me. Um, I can't. But uh, I asked him, why does MGP have that rich red amber hue? And he was like, I think I know the question, but we pay somebody real good money back here to, to, to know it. So let me go grab him real quick. And he'll be able to answer it for you. And the guy came back out and he's like pushes his eyeglasses up on the bridge of his nose. And he's like, hey, I heard you guys got a question for me. It's like, yeah, why does MGP have that? rich red deep amber hue as opposed to you know the golden or you know not as amber yeah and i'm gonna i'm gonna destroy this but i'm gonna paraphrase basically it's the moisture content in the barrel as it's being maturated the thick concrete rack house walls hold in a lot more moisture during its maturation so it increases moisture content in the barrel which effectively lowers abv and that red amber hue is a direct consequence of a higher moisture content. Now, if anybody can refute that or, or call me out on it, please. I'd love to learn. But that's what that gentleman said at MGP. And I have no reason to doubt him. Yeah, I feel like I remember him them saying something about the elevation and where they sit according to the river. Mm. It's like, you know, Buffalo Trace is right next to the creek river. Yep. But they sit higher, whereas like they're almost like level with it. Or oh, okay. Something like that, and that they do get more. That it is just a little bit colder and a little bit hotter because they're coming, and they have more, you know, different weather coming right off that river. And I, I mean, I would think that 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 is the Ohio. That's a bigger river than you know a lot of the distilleries in Kentucky are on a, you know, the Kentucky River, which isn't really yeah, you know, the Mississippi. Right. But I mean, Camp Nelson's right on the Kentucky River too, but it's on the hill. True. 
So, you know, you have that moisture content in the re- in the area, but it's not low line where like Buffalo Trace is like right yeah. on the river. And then I think make too, like, you know, the first thing I think is like, well, heat rises. So maybe mm-hmm. that's why they're sitting real low and they're, you know, it's kind of just like right out of the woods. But who knows? I'm just making shit up. Yeah. And um, feel free to comment um, on on this on this as well. Let us let us know what y'all's thoughts are. Hopefully our audience will chime in uh, and give us give us some details on that as well. So, Dexter, this blind you just gave me. Interesting. Really interesting. Um, it's, it's worse than I remember it to be. <laughs> For me, at least. Um, I'm just finishing up couple notes on this. All right. So it does have a little bit more of a red amber hue uh, um, in the glass. For me on the nose, it's rich tart citrus, mellow corn husk, spice centric, a lot of cinnamon and cardamom. Uh, The palate was creamy, grainy on the texture. And then it dried out about midway through into like a straw bell. Um, but like a moist straw bell. So not, 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 not funky, not like fermenting straw where it catch fire, but like a little dry. Here's where it gets, I'll get weird for you. It starts off for me, palate wise, it's very, um, like natural rock candy. Like, I guess no flavoring rock candy, yeah, just pure yeah. sugar. The, the way it would, it would, the texture and how it's presented, mm-hmm. the delivery system of a rock like candy. Like the rock candy they give you to like, you'd put in your coffee to sweeten it up. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. And, um, but then it goes like straight and like, the only way I could explain it for me is like wet menthol. Like a, like a Newport cigarette wow. wet. Like that smell. Like there's just very minty. But dried but out like, so the menthol's not as fresh or crisp or poppy. No, it yeah, it just kind of tastes like like a like a mild like a like a mildewy menthol. So like a like a not even burned out menthol, but like a menthol that's been sitting overnight in a bourbon glass. Yeah, like accidentally. And I just took a sip of that bourbon. Yeah. <laughs> and it might not be that bad, but it's just very yeah. like the best way to explain it would be like a wet mint leaf. But okay. like too much moisture, not yeah, like a fresh rain. Yeah, yeah, it's on the it's on the verge of turning, and then it just completely just falls off a cliff. Finish wise for me, it did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just sure, falls off a cliff. Uh, my finish was palatable, easy drinking, spice forward, flat. So, based off of that, what would you pay for that bottle, and what would you think that bottle is? I'd say this is a sixty. To eighty dollar bottle, okay. Um, maybe a Remus expression of MGP, just be, just based on the color okay. at ninety five to hundred proof. So you think it's straight, or do you think it's a blend? More than likely blended, pushed out, dumbed down, some something to something to catch something to catch a little coin on. All right, do you want to know or do you want to hear some more questions like that I mean, that kind of lead you the way but not give it to I you? Think, I think I've I I think I'm, I, I've said what I need to say about it. Well, it's not MGP. Okay, good. It comes from Buffalo Trace. Ooh. It, it comes from their E.H. Taylor line. No way. And this is the 18-year marriage. <laughs> so me hearing that it's an 18-year weeded and an 18-year... Wow. Rye married at, like with the press releases. I was like, 18 year weeded or in an 18 year rye. 
holy holy rock candy i i gotta oh have one God. so i chased one hard and i cracked it and i took the first sip and was like oh you know neck pour the neck pour suck yeah right? yeah <laughs> Let it sit for like three Wrong. weeks, cracked it. Wrong. It was awful. I mean, so I poured them all into Boston's and I like, this was when they were hitting, like it was yeah, the new release. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would just give out samples to people and, you know, try to get me some good karma coming oh back because I could not, it just, I was so pissed. You know, the last time I had this, I think it was at. At the hill? At the hill, on the hill. I think on it was the on the hill. And it, I think it did come out of a, of a sample bottle. And you were excited, not necessarily about the whiskey, but about sharing something with me. Oh yeah, and I shit all over it. And I was like, good, because I <laughs> hated it too. Not that, not that, that the you know, I was taking anything away from Buffalo Trace or 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 the expression or the or the line or anything. Oh I mean, no, you can't hit, you can't bat a thousand every time, regardless. Well, see, and that's the thing is a lot of those E H Taylors like when I first. One of the first tastings I remember doing, like when I could have actually been, it was worth me to actually have a tasting. We blinded a Weller 12 raised wheat, a Weller 12 old bottle style, not raised wheat, Jefferson's Ocean Cash Strength, and it just came out, batch one. That's right. And we did Tornado Survivor. Ooh. Dude, Tornado Survivor came in like, Third or yeah. fourth place, not not exactly where you think it'd be because of the height, but I mean, it's just ancient age. It's a it's a cool story. It's romanticism. That's, it is that's bourbon in the bottle exemplified. But the cured oak, ah, uh, that's still probably one of my. It's a hundred proof eagle rare. It's basically what that is. What the cured oak, cured oak seventeen yeah. year with uh, seventeen? Yeah, <sighs> dude, 100%. it was. And I see. And I, this is before the one hundred and one releases. Correct. And I am a eagle rare seventeen one hundred and one. Honestly, just Eagle Rare 17. 100%. Love it. I mean, 90 proof. And then when they bumped it up to 101, I mean, that's probably the only antique collection now. Like, I used to be a stag guy. Now I'm like, dude, I just try to get an eagle. That's all I can well, really care about. Well, William Weller is a fucking cheat code every year. It seems like I'm, I, I'm a dude, fan. I don't, I don't, I don't really like. I, you would think I love, I love weeders. I just think that the proof on Weller WLW is a little too high. Yeah. If they cut it at like. One sacrilege. Twenty-two. Get out. <laughs> I just it's it's either just too. It's just most. I don't, I mean, I don't, don't get me wrong. Fucking twenty sixteen. Your bottle and suck on it. Twenty sixteen is pretty money, but I did trade a twenty sixteen like a few months ago for a forty nine old Fitz eight year. Okay. Well, yeah. There. You and go. that was the only thing I probably would have taken, <laughs> even though I told the guy I was like, I hope you enjoy this because I hate William Larue Weller, and he's like. What are you talking about? I'm kind of taking it back. I didn't know this about you, Dex. I like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I've had some of the older, older releases and they are phenomenal, yeah. but it's just, I'd much rather have like some of those letter barrels, Willets over sure, William sure. LaRue. And you know, that's, that's one of the things that, or an old fits that, that is beautiful about this hobby is that you can take something that may not tickle your fancy and trade it for whatever you want or sell it and then buy what you want. Oh, right? 100%. I mean, and still hate that you sold it to buy something you really, really right. want. What? Or have no fucking shame about it and just be the whore that you are. Not yeah. you. I'm just saying. Like, no, no. I'm, I am a dirty whore <laughs> when it comes to certain things. Uh, we've established your your wheat whoreness other than William Lou Weller. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean... There you could I mean, there's years of old granddad dusty I don't like. I've yeah, learned that yeah. it's pretty much like 
79 to 93 is kind of my sweet spot. But when you really get, it's like 81 to 89 is just, I mean, that's glut. It's probably 10 year old granddad at that point. Yeah. But yeah, so that EH 18 year. That is kind of a great fucking blonde though. No, like it's it's a phenomenal blonde in, in that it fell straight on his face exactly where you thought it would be. All right. Well, let me. Hit, I haven't had this one either. This this next, this next one. one. I have not had it. Well, you got me. Let me get you on one. Okay. All you right. can do that. All right. This ahead. one was given to me from a mutual friend. Hello. And I've been sitting on it for a while, and I was like looking through all these. I have like a library of Boston rounds. Mm-hmm. I just honestly, once I get to halfway on a bottle, I'll just Boston round it, Boston and round then like I treat that like my opens. Right. 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 Which is smarter because if I have it a one smarter. ounce nip, then I have the one ounce, and I feel like I've bottle killed and i'm like well i don't really maybe need another right or i can go back to doing productive and like here's getting the thing, stuff done you know 10 15 20 30 years from now you can go back to your boston rounds and be like oh man i remember this bottle from back in the day it reminds me a lot of it pull that bitch out and have a two ounce pour and not feel guilty that you're you're cracking a bottle oh and then i yeah because i normally i have a system at home where i will keep them all in a line and then i have a white like little circle sticker on the last one. Ooh. So when I get to that one, it's like, you don't pour that. Like yeah, that's yeah, like yeah, in yeah. case zombies happen. Like I'll keep <laughs> all the white ones and I'll have a nice little taste in before, you know, yeah. shit really goes bad. Yeah, man. All the, all the mushrooms is taking over our cerebral cortex and we're unable to taste or maybe, you know, what who are we knows? talking you, about? You now? might even, you might even fuck around and catch a, a carton of a Marlboro Reds just for old time's sake. Oh, if the zombies come, I'm picking them back up. Like, I mean, <laughs> might as well. <laughs> to be honest, though, I, I went to Vegas with my brother um, a few weeks ago um, as like a last little thing before business gets to business real bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I hit a cigarette one time, and I just like, I mean, I almost puked. I was like, okay, well, it that's good to know. When your body heals. Like you've been six months in. Yeah, your body heals. Oh from yeah. All that. I and I'm still on. I'm I'm still on the Zins. Um, I yeah. mean, I'll always be probably for the rest of my life. Well, you know, nicotine, nicotine is a nootropic, right? It does oh, yeah. help you think better. It, you know, there are some benefits to nicotine. I've always told people, told my girlfriend, like, look, well. <laughs> I said, would you rather me just one day just wake up and I'm just, I'm, I just, you know, jumped off a bridge or would you rather me do it slowly over 30 years? <laughs> and they always say over 30 years. I'm like, okay, well, I'll keep right. smoking. Zen patch. Oh, but okay. I, yeah, I'll yeah. be doing Zins. I just, yeah. I don't know, especially working in restaurants. I mean, it's one of those things. Like if you were to tell someone, Hey, do you mind if I go like walk outside for two minutes and come back? And they're like, absolutely not. Yeah. But no, if you're like, do you mind up, if I go outside and weed. smoke a cigarette? And they're like, yeah, go quick. Yeah, yeah, hurry up. So bitch. I still like I honestly like if I'm thrown in his in like I still go take that walk because yeah. it's I use it more. It's just you know it's nice to have that and to reset a little reset yeah. because it's just go 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 mm-hmm. go go. Well, that and like there's something about your mental clarity in receiving that like being in the right mind space when you're taking a smoke break. It re- it resets you a little bit. Oh, for sure. And me being so high ADHD and doing restaurants, like it kind of is helpful for me to sit there where like if I'm in the restaurant sitting at a terminal, sitting at a table, I'm not sitting there thinking of like my plan of attack. When I'm, I'm when I was smoking or if I'm, you know, throwing in a zin or whatever it is, 
it's given me that second to be like, I'm going to do this, this, mm-hmm. this, 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 mm-hmm. and this, which then ultimately makes me be able to do the job. More that, effective, yeah. Yeah, and be able to serve better or anticipate, you know, what people might need better. Because right. I can think that way instead of thinking like, oh, God, I need a cigarette or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. and, I mean, I don't know how we've gotten to this page or this part. Of. Well, no, I, I think it's I think it's really important. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of whiskey people who do smoke as well. Oh yeah, and and to know that you're, you know, I'm sure they know that their palate's being affected. Um, and we share a similar story in that I was a smoker and I started in the military because you didn't get a fucking break in the military. But the people that smoke, guess what? They got their little five ten minute break. Oh yeah. So for me, it was more like I don't want to be fucking left out from not having a break, bitch. Like mm, mm, you want them smokes. And then it's kind of like the camaraderie of like you know sitting yeah, out there yeah. with like sitting two or there, three people and you kind of like form shit, a little pack. Breeze. Yeah, 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 yeah. You get a little smoking click. Yeah, you know. You, you know the dippers had their thing. They always had the fucking spit bottles laying around. I was a dipper for, for in high school and stuff. Or I did not, when I was legally eighteen. Not in high school yes. when I was legally eighteen. But st- you could be eighteen still in high school. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Legally, yeah. off campus dipping. Of 100%. course, never on. Campus. I used to dip in high school when I was eighteen, of course, until one guy came up to me one day and goes, "Would you rather have holes in your cheeks and your lips or holes in your lungs where no one sees?" And I was like, "All right." <laughs> but like I only dipped, but then I, but what I that made me fully switch. But like I would dip in wow. school, and I would smoke when I got out of school because I couldn't really. Well, yeah. at a Catholic school, it's hard when you're the one yeah, guy that smokes in the smokes school, you're gonna get caught. But at a public school, everyone smokes. Yeah. yeah. So once or I went to Lafayette, blame it on your parents, right? Or you bl- blame it on your, you know, whoever. No, because if you're in the bathroom and it's just literally like <laughs> you're the one dude. And everyone knows, <laughs> like the six kids that smoke at the school. Like, yeah, you were smoking in the boys' room. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but see, now it's crazy. Like, I remember when vapes, like, you know, it was some dude with the big old liquid and all. Like, I don't know. Nicotine's crazy nowadays. <laughs> Everyone's addicted to nicotine. It seems it's like it's a it's a it's a cassette tape now too, right? I mean, you got uh, you got the little micro USB there in your you pocket. Yeah, you just rip right. it. And uh-huh. It then you're like, cartridge out. I noticed, I'm like, man, I'm probably more addicted to like nicotine, vaping and zinning than I was. And you were on cigarettes. Yeah, because yeah, I knew, you know, you know when you can smoke. It's like, a much more potent delivery system at your beck and call. And I never would vapor. finish a cigarette too. Yeah. I would rip it like five good times, get halfway and just flick it because it was mm-hmm. like, I got to get back to work yeah. or I got to go do something. Yeah, that's right. Well, uh, I got a blind for you, Dex. Uh, I'm going to lift this up. You can grab that uh, blindfold there right underneath the... There you go. Perfect. I'm making some changes to the studio, so I got some stuff laying around. But uh, while uh, while I blind you here, Dex, you want to tell, uh, tell some folks about some of your most favorite experiences in in your in your whiskey lifetime? Let's talk about uh, a little bit about what stands out to you in the last few years uh, where you're at, you know, some, some of the, some of the lovely things that you've been into with whiskey lately. Um, probably I honestly, my favorite like experiences with bourbon or I've, there's been two times where I've gone to purchase a bottle from someone and they're like, Oh, well, I'll be in Louisville this week. And I'm coming, you know, it's always a bunch of guys that are there for a barrel or something. And instead of me just being like, no, just ship it. I'm like, you know what? 
I'll ask off that night and I'll drive up to Louisville and I'll, you know, come meet you guys and have a few pours. Well, it never ends up me having one pour and then getting back into my car and driving back. It's me spending the night in someone's Airbnb in Louisville and it's happened twice. And it's just great because the second time it, the first time it happened, um, it was some guy on Instagram. His name's Whiskey Grab. Shout he's, out to him. He's the homie. Um, he doesn't really post much anymore. Um, hope you're good. I uh, we so he was in Louisville with a bunch of guys, and I simply sent him a message on Instagram. I was like, man, that looks like a lot of fun. He's like, well, what are you doing? It's like uh, nothing. He's like, we'll drive up to Louisville. We have an extra bedroom. Come on up. Damn. So I drove up and like literally had donut for the first time freedom oh, for the first time Lord. dusty evan williams for the first time Shut the i mean there were like door. 150 bottles on this bar and it was all just i mean that was like the evan williams red label 12 year was like the lowest of the low wow. and it was just like oh my gosh well then they ended up going and doing a tour of buffalo trace the next day and i've done the tour maybe a few two times well me and this one guy I had never met until that night before drove from Louisville to Buffalo Trace, hungover. I think I had my last pour of bourbon at like 5.30 in the morning that night. Super hungover. I remember we're on the tour at Buffalo Trace and we're like in the Blanton's bottling hall. And I just went right outside and just yak so hard. (laughs) And then I went right back inside and there's like the water... Like the water water bubbler for the employees, like doing the <laughs> bottling, and I just started pouring up glasses, and, and you know it's dead quiet, and the guys giving the tour, you just hear, <laughs> and it's just me in the corner, literally sitting down on the ground, just like with my little triangle cup, pouring it, like just pouring water down my face. <laughs> I was so miserable. Ruined. And they were like, are you sure you don't want to come? Like, we're do- about to go do another, uh, we're going to another distillery to do a barrel pick. And I literally was like, I'm so good, <laughs> but thank you. It's the only time I've ever passed on a barrel pick. <laughs> Where were they going to pick? Uh, I think they went down to like Bardstown uh, Bourbon Company. Okay. And I was just like, we're in Frankfurt. And y'all, and he, you're not. No, I was like, <laughs> that's not really height. No, that's a hike. I'm yeah. gonna go back to Lexington, but yeah. I just felt so bad. And I look back, the guy that was with me on the drive from Louisville to Buffalo Trace. Yeah, we. I, I guess there was still some whiskey in my system. Obviously, not in my system to where I was uh, illegally driving. Mm-hmm. But I was just giving. I gave him my whole life story. <laughs> I might have cried at some point, not even remember, just blacked out telling him my life story. Maybe that's why he, he blocked me on Instagram. I don't see him post anymore. But no, um, then I ended up, same guy, we ran into each other at Whiskey Pig one one uh, year um, when it was still in Bargetown, or I guess Bourbon Bonanza. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and then that was another rough night that wow, I, right on. I'll not repeat any of that. <laughs> well, we're ready for you here. Okay, because I can't see, and I think I've hit the mic with my head five times. <laughs> So I got a I got a decent blind here for you. I, th- I I hope you dig it. So I mean to touch a little more on the on the you know the people meeting right. I mean whiskey in general is such a such a remarkable way for people to come together. I love how it just no matter who you are, what you are, what you do for a living, who you know, who you click with, who you vibe with, whatever, whatever. I've met more cool people through whiskey 
than 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 any other hobby like I, I have. I'm that I I would have to agree. I mean, I was just thinking I'd probably talk to people like I met through whiskey more in my everyday life than like I do people like I went to high school with. Like, don't get me wrong, my friend group I still you talk to, but I mean, you know, there's people like Parker, you know, like who, you know, I had known previous, but now like through whiskey and nights here and nights at his place, like you know, he's one of my good friends now. Yeah. Um, shout out Michael Parker. Shout out Parker. There's a picture over there. Learn to chug with Michael Parker just behind my, my the picture of my dog. Check it out. Pull it back. Yeah, there you go. Wow. He's a legend. He's he's a legend. <sighs> he's a man among men with all those chest chest hairs. Had some rough nights over at his house too. <laughs> Jesus, Louise. He's close now. He just uh, shout out to him. So we need to get together. Oh yeah, for sure. He doesn't but, live. Uh, where you're like, okay, well, I'm spending the night at your house yeah. if I come out there. <laughs> so while you're taking uh, taking this pour here, uh, I wanted to touch base and give give you a little story on uh, Dexter Allen and why we call him Dexter Allen because that's just that's a social media account, Dexter Allen. You're you're somewhat of a legend locally. Um, we we've done some single barrel selections together. He's picked some remarkable whiskeys. Um, on the hill, and uh, every time that I think I've been around you hanging out, it's always been, it's always been in, in, in good fun. It's always been lively event. You've always thrown heat. You come out and, and you and you have some really great pours. But more importantly, the hang, man, the such a good hang, such a such a such a fun time doing it. And uh, I'm just I'm just really grateful to have met you and and so so glad to have you on to help promote your your, your well, new business. You. Uh, say I'm thanks for having me here. I mean to be on you know first top ten on your episodes podcast. I 100%. feel honored. Um, we've always had a lot of fun. Um, we definitely both like uh, poking the bear uh, to say the <laughs> least. I won't say how or what, but we do. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I've always just felt it's it's always been super good i hate to say like the vibes have always been good you know but like you know I, I, there's a lot of things i feel like every time we talk there's something that i'm like oh you like that shit too so do i yeah. you know and it's always just a good time and i mean even if we're around people or not because i feel like when we're around more people we both kind of like split. diverge yeah, and yeah, split yeah. and kind of like we're, okay we're, you take that half of the yeah, room and i'll yeah, take this yeah. half of the room and then if there's anything we really disagree or we really agree on, that's when we we'll stand yeah. on the stage together. <laughs> but no, I just always had a good time and always just like, I don't know, that's just idea. It's just, there's never really been any like, you know, a moment where it's like, oh, fucking Masik or fucking dick. Like where we're like about to jump over <laughs> I'm the sure table. There, I'm sure there have been days, you know. Well, maybe, but. Or, or just parts in conversation where, you know, you considered it, but. Maybe, but I, I can't think of anything at the top of my head now. And nothing too serious ever, really. So I'm really bad. I'll first off say I'm probably the worst blinder. I'll f I'm awful at it. And like when we go do picks, like Masik will have, you know, like The Hobbit written down, like the entirety of it. <laughs> and I'll have three or four words like, eh, pretty decent. Sound, tastes pretty good. Um, so for this, I have light. I do have creamy, um, vanilla, super vanilla for me. Um, and it's more towards the end on mine. Um, that just like, someone was like, how would you describe that? I'd be like, man, that's just, uh, just a good bourbon yeah. 
which makes me my th- the third word I have actually written down is eagle question mark. Ooh. It leans towards eagle rare, but then I'm like, man, that could be a lot of other things. Sure. <sighs> Partially mean, but kind of wants to think maybe it could be. It could be some sort of nine-year-ish MGP under whatever line that could be. It could be Trevor's, whatever. Um, kind of the same notes. I feel like once you get over that nine-year with MGP, it kind of leans more another way. Yeah, it turns a, turns a corner, doesn't it? Yeah, if I was to say what I would think it is, I think it's like some Eagle Rare pick. It could be like an MGP, you know, single nine year single barrel where it's a little bit over a hundred proof, but it drinks a little lower because it just doesn't give me a lot of like alcohol. Mm. It's just super palatable. Palatable. Don't want to say the S word. Um, smooth. But it, but it is ultra smooth. <laughs> it's just like it just doesn't. I can't really see it being over a hundred. And if it is a hundred, it's a very light hundred. Okay, awesome. You ready for the reveal? Can I add one more thing to it? It could be like yes. a new Elijah Craig pick. Okay, maybe. So when I won the Big Blind Bourbon Taste Off, Daniel Marlowe and his team went through all the all the guesses. Right, they had to do the check box, you know, check everything, make you know, grade everything. And he said there were more guesses correct that were scratched out and then another guess happened, right? So in whiskey and in life, always trust your fucking gut. That's fucking evil. And where you're at right now in life where you're fucking frightened and you got this business and, you know, this looming doom over your head, it's scary. Oh, it's terrifying. Me doing this is kind of crazy too in a lot of ways. But the blind that you just had tonight, Dexter, was not only an Eagle Rare pig, but is your Eagle Rare pig from the hill. Wow, I actually got something right. That's right. (laughs) I've done it twice, I can remember. This one one was the, I don't know, the, I finally did get Joanna. Shout out Joanna. Joanna Probably the best ever. 100%. She gave me one of the green wax ones, Ooh, and I never had one. The three seventy five. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I I had like saved two for myself, and I mean that you would have thought I released Pappy in three seventy five. <laughs> I got so people, so many people mad at me for that. It's ridiculous, man. That's a good one. That was I think a good I have one. one of these left open. One of these left open somewhere. At my I think house. That was the last one I had. And then I got an eagle rare, another eagle rare barrel coming out. Hey, well, I've had it for a while, um, but we're going to probably use it at the bar. I just got to, of course, of course, you got to, you got to do the promotion. You got to do the thing. Oh yeah. Um, I can go support your business. Go buy a pour. But, oh uh, yeah. We'll probably is, just have it by the pour. This is going to go on the wall with all the killed bottles that we've had here so far. And we're going to eventually do something cool with uh, all the bottles that we kill on the show. But uh, fucking a great guess. Great gut reaction. And uh, super, super solid pour. I from knew the I had had that before. <laughs> but like, that's the thing too. Like with Eagle Rare, like now I've only really had, you know, like 
because there's no reason to go chase a $40 regular bottle of Eagle Rare, but I'll buy a barrel pick if I come across it. Or Yeah, that makes sense. To be honest, I probably have two, like a night or a, what was the first year of the 101? 19 or 20? I believe. Or 21. I believe it was 2020. 2020. I probably have two of those in Boston rounds. Like I immediately just poured them all into Boston rounds. Because I knew that that would, instead of me pouring up a five-ounce pour one night, I could just have them all in one-ouncers and pour one ounce and let it last a little bit longer, share it with people. Yeah, I was just trying to look it up. It's not worth looking up right now. Okay. But uh, good deal. Great, great blind there, Dex. You're going to know this one probably. Maybe, maybe not. If you don't know what, if you don't know exactly what it is, you're going to be like, oh, that's this. <laughs> I think you think of me uh, a little a little too high in, in regard. Um, I I have been a great blind taster, but it's not like riding a bike. You know what I mean? Kenny it's came not to like, me and was like trying to tell me I was a good blind taster. I was like, Kenny, who the fuck are you talking about? You just picked out Eagle Rare store pick. <sighs> yeah, right. In three words. Kenny's literally I can like, write a book and still get it wrong. Like I did. Holy sh! What the hell is the nose on this? Oh, okay, this is interesting. That is crazy. I haven't had this one, so this is going to be. So a- we're going to blind each other. Well, I mean, I know what it is. <laughs> I'm not looking. I'm not looking. I'm not looking. I know what it is, but I've never had anything really um, from these guys. I just think it's so crazy. Like, I mean, I know we talk about it all the time, but like the differences you can get from noses and just like you would think. Like, I know a lot of people taste bourbon. They're like, ah, oh, it tastes like bourbon. It's, but it just still just blows my mind. But like, ha- but that's nuances. the same kind of person that'll eat the chicken nuggets, you know, at McDonald's, and then go get Dexter's chicken nugget or chicken strips, and and be like, oh yeah, it's the same thing. I had I had McDonald's chicken nuggets before I came here. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not bashing it. The best Coke in the game, without a doubt. Well, depends on who you ask. The Colombians (laughs) might have (laughs) Coca-Cola products. Oh man, it's it's life changing. If I'm hungover, there's three things I need. I need four acetaminophen, like four. (laughs) I don't care if it's gonna hurt my liver. I need four of those. I need a McDonald's Coke. And if it's 11 a.m., then I need a double quarter pounder with cheese. If it's 10.30 prior, I need a McGriddle two hash browns. Yes, McGriddle. Hey, their hash browns do slap. You got to get them towards the end, though. If you get them, like, in the middle, they're just limp. Like, if you get them at the beginning or the end. Actually, you know what's the most slept on McDonald's is the hotcakes. The hotcakes? You fuck with the flapjacks? If you call them flapjacks or pancakes, I hope they don't serve you. It's... (laughs) That's the only time I'll call them hotcakes. I went up and I said, can I get the hotcakes? We were hungover after a Grateful Dead show a few weeks ago, and I was like, I'll take the hotcakes, ma'am. And she goes, the what? I was like, the hotcakes? Like the hotcakes meal? She's like, you mean the pancakes? And I just really wanted to be like, no, 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 Ricky Bobby. (laughs) They're hotcakes. We don't do that here. (laughs) Just say you like really thin pancakes, Ricky. Wow. Way that nose on that is like 
I want to see what you have, but I mean, it just smells like you walked into a, a tobacco barn. You can't put another piece of tobacco to hang in. Yeah, this is this is really interesting, complex. But it's not gonna. It doesn't kill you like you would think, it, like taste wise. Cody David, shout out for this uh, this sample we're enjoying. I'm. Uh, Ooh, you might have given it away. Well, I might have. The code master himself. I'll take some uh, some Jordans if you could hook it up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he's got some bots out there that that'll, that'll get you going. What you what you are you on? You in the sneakers app, right? Oh, dude, I, 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 I'm, I'm actually, I think I'm out of the Jordan game. I've been buying Jordans a long time. Really, I'm, dude, I just have so many pairs, but like, I, I don't know. I've kind of, I just don't have a time nowadays in my everyday life where like I get to wear Jordans. Yeah, like yeah, I could yeah, wear them yeah. for maybe two You'd hours a day. Yeah, I just got the new blue and white Terminators. Those are High sick. Tops. Those are sick. Buck twenty five right now. That ain't bad. Yeah, they still I mean, love the game wall. Anytime black cement, true blue, mocha, Jordan 3s come out, yeah. I will be buying another pair. Yeah. Those are stupid. I, I will beat a pair up and then I'll, but I just, man, it's just, maybe when this and the new, the new spot gets open, I won't be opposed to like, but then it's like, can't really be wearing Jordan 3s in the restaurant because what if you come through that kitchen and you slide mm-hmm. six feet straight into a deep fryer? It's not going to be fun. No, and it's not safe. But are you going to be like Mike if you're not wearing them, you know? No, that's a problem. Just, they should make a line for restaurant folk. I honestly, I always just still, I don't, I've never bought in a pair of non-slip like restaurant shoes in my entire You've never bought never bought in a pair. I've always really? just worn Nike's. Um but like I Damn. honestly know you front of the house motherfuckers don't know how how it is No, dude, I work kitchen I'm for just two fucking, years. I'm just kidding. And I I'm would wear kidding. vans because they have the they have the hey, best that's, grip. That's good. I'd always that, yeah, wear vans van. or I wear these Nike Humeras, which are like a trail running shoe. And they have like the craziest grip on them. And they're they're good looking shoes like where you could wear them all day. Like going to the grocery store, going to get supplies for a restaurant, and then going into work in a mainline shift. Mm. They're cool shoes. Bronson, be proud. I think I know what this. Do you think line, that's what it is? Not, that's what I thought you were gonna think it is. Not, th- not, not until you said what you said. Well, you're wrong again, <laughs> Colonel Sanders. <laughs> well, I'll give you my taste and notes anyhow. I pulled out a bottle of Blanton's. Uh, Cody David's known for his uh, his big win on the Buffalo Trace um, lottery, and he pulled out of Blanton's and he did a bunch of three seventy fives. And and shout out to his lovely wife for letting him buy a whole barrel of Blanton's. Uh, he let me get one, and that's I think it's like the only Blanton's single barrel I've ever like <laughs> drank because normally I just give them a gift. Well, this one was from ni- 2019 from BHG. It's pretty, pretty solid. Oh, I've had a, the BHG one, but no. Um, but all right. So I'll give you, i give you my, yeah. i give you my notes. Spice forward, rich floral, hint of potpourri, tobacco, rich saddle leather, and Coca-Cola on the nose. Okay. 
I can see the Coca-Cola for sure. More of a texture thing that's that's happening on the back end of that nose, but for me, the nose was fresh cut or more not fresh cut, more like halfway through the aging tobacco barn. Mm. Real like right when you open them doors. So it the just, sa- the sap the saps on the floor. On yeah, the saps on the floor that like the only way to describe it, it's like that red smell, mm. that red flavor, and. Honestly, I get that a lot on the taste with it, but it's more of like a um, like a grenadine. Ooh. And uh, it's just, this is why I normally don't like this distillery is because I feel like a lot of their product kind of leans this way. But then the outliers that are straight coffee is what I like because mm. I don't drink coffee, but I like the coffee notes that come from bourbon. Okay, this one is well, uh, the palate was spice centric, palatable, spicy, caramel, floral, and then the finish was spicy, um, palatable, and rich. Of course, I thought it was bland because you said coaster. Yeah, that's kind of what I was hoping you'd think <laughs> to throw you off the trails because <laughs> we've been talking a lot about um, the distillery that this uh, product comes from. This is a uh, new riff, fifteen year. Doesn't drink like Dang. fifteen, but it's got that proof. I don't remember were these I, were these bib or were these cask. They had a. I think they were bib. I mean, the, I would sure. think so because this was probably what the last of their OKI. Wow, fifteen year new riff. So, yeah. So this one was looking up some information. And on didn't this they one. do this for like? Um, it was a COVID pandemic. Yeah. Bottle, 900 bottles were released around 200 bucks a bottle. Twenty two fifty three ninety nine on 15-year bottle and bond. Bottle and bond? Yep. So that's probably some of their last OKI. Probably, yeah. Mm. A 15-year, you know, however many hundred bottles, had to have been a small blend. Or... I will say, though, if I could get the finish of like an MGP product... And add it to like some of my other whiskeys, like the finishes of MGP is like they fucking sit there. I fell in love there with MGP there. pretty early on. I mean, don't get me wrong, I do like like the the really good MGPs are probably some of the best whiskey that's ever been made, like uh BHG Boone County. Mm, Parker tried literally Parker like <laughs> first night I second night I met Parker, or like we drank together at yeah. the old house. Uh-huh. I'm like, dude, this is my. We had that with like 2014 George T. Stag side by side, and I was Oof. like, this is the best whiskey I've ever had. He like tried to give me an unopened <gasps> one, and I was like, I can't do that. And that's when they were probably you know 200 bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. was like, I can't do that. Now dude. you're I, fucking and now I'm, kicking yourself. I'm like, Parker, anytime you want to give me one of them, I'll take it. <laughs> Jesus Christ, not fucking happening, baby. But um, like that um. That prescription strength, Boone County mm-hmm. got very lucky, got to try some of that. Yeah, that's all right. But then, like, the ones that some people freak out over, like, we had Founder stashed together. That was my first time having it. I think it was all our first time having it. Everyone else, it blew them out of the water, and I'm over here like, what's the point? What's the, what's the, what's the gig? Like, I think I you're insane it. because Founder Stash is one of the better It was too thin for me. Released, I think. I mean, we had a two, I mean, we had a 2010 Michter's tenure sitting on the table. What? <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and and everyone's like, this founder stash. And I'm like, this fucking Stitzel Mictor. It's like, <laughs> what are you all talking about? 
<laughs> well, we know where your allegiance lies. You're you're a dusty guy. You're always going to lean more towards that funky, you know. I think old... too. A lot of those dusties, they just they're they're lower. Like even a hundred proof dusties, probably sitting at like ninety five. My problem with what you said is that the that it was thin. It's very thin. Like it. I, I hate to always say brandy thin, but like it had that like. Where brandy, I feel like it's more towards the finish in the mid palette, and, and like the front, there's just nothing. Like I, that's how Founders was for me. Interesting. It didn't start clicking until like you hit it to like sixty percent volume, and then you were like, "Oh, I hear it now." But then by the time you got to like, you know, by the time it was hitting, the song's over, and I'm like, "I don't get it." Man, that's wow. That's a hot take. And then we also have there was also that. Overhaul, yeah, and yeah, and yeah, that, yeah. I've now started to realize that maybe I really just like, maybe I just like rise, like rise and mm. weeders, well, or four grain stuff, like any yeah, of that old Kentucky Tavern yeah. with barley in it is un a hundred percent. Now there's some there's some malted barley stuff that's come out. Oh, and I'm I'm I exceptional hope more. series and yeah, like those those are rum. Couple, Kenny poor. gave me a sample. Was the fourteen? Was it a Heaven Hill fourteen, or it was a Kentucky? Supposedly. Oh, Heaven, sorry. Yeah. Supposedly fourteen year Heaven but Hill. Probably more than likely Heaven Hill. It was, dude. It was good. It was really good. Remarkable is how I would describe it. it I was, called the distillate when he blinded me on it initially when he first got his when he first introduced me to it. But I was like, man, this isn't a rye. This isn't a weeder. The fuck is like what's happening? To my palate right now. <laughs> I'll see. I feel like you could get a weeder in a rye, a high aged rye. Like there's. Times I ended where up putting high rye to get you know bourbon. They kind of hit hit. Um, what else did Kenny? Um, oh, I have a Heaven Hill bottle. I need you. I well, it'll be on the bar, but it's uh yeah. still in 2001, bottled in 2022, 21 year Heaven Hill, Oof. 95 proof. Oof. Finished in Caribbean rum. <laughs> My dude, they're already Heaven Hills. Like I would assume that's probably Elijah Craig if it's that Damn. old. Because talking have... about taking a shot of bourbon with some hot cakes, baby. I bet that's, that's probably straight cherry bomb fire. Because Elijah Heaven Hills either peanut peanut butter or cherry. That's all I ever really get from Heaven Hill. Mm. I don't ever get that's anything. An interesting else. descriptor of peanut butter. But I can I can see where you get like the I feel like with Willet. With the old purple tops, like you could definitely be like, "Oh, this is Heaven Hill." Yeah, wow. I yeah. feel like they were only, maybe it was Drew or whoever it was. They were like, "Any barrels you have peanut butter," or maybe that was Heaven Hill trying to sell, trying to, yeah, off pull, profile. Off. Shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that's a testament. And when you said Elijah Craig single barrel, like let's talk about that for just a minute. I mean, we're we're over an hour and twenty minutes now, but. Their single barrel program, when they first released it, I was the most excited about. It. I think I was more excited than anybody about it. It's just okay. It's corn husk. It's, oh, are you talking about barrel proof? Yeah, yeah. yeah I haven't yeah, had yeah. literally. I, I I've been disconnected. I haven't had one pick barrel proof pick. Like no one's given me a sample of it, and I just really don't like. I just feel like they offered that so they could sell you guys six-year barrels and you'd be happy because it's barrel strength. Well, no, that's a blend. That's a that's a lunch break barrel proof uh, batch. But no, they're, they're between. I think they're between. I don't know if they go as low as eight, but 
on the single bar selections that I've seen and been a part of, they were between nine and twelve years old. Okay, so not not bad. Um, and that cash drink, true cash drink. Um, the pick was great. Um, you know, three barrels. Really, really quick. You know, quick pick. But man, it's just like this earthy, grainy corn husk. Is kind of kind of the way I would describe a lot of a lot of the the prominent like tasting note out of, out of the single barrel, and not taking anything away from it because there's a place for it, and I think there's a lot of great expressions of of the single barrel out. One of which being a 12 year from BHG, Bucky Justin fucking nailed it with this one. It was it's remarkable. I think he picked two that day. It was a nine year and a 12 year, and both of them are fantastic. And I only bring up the 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 corn husk. Uh, note because it's just when it is there it's almost all that I can taste or focus on you know what I mean it's not that it's a bad thing but for me it's just kind of it's kind of overwhelming you know can we not blind this one and just enjoy it or yeah let's do that let's it? do the, I mean, fuck we just did two blinds let's have a pour this is um, we could we could I don't know how long you normally like your episodes but I would say probably not two hours so we could have this be the <laughs> Nightcap? The nightcap. Excellent. So we talked about it all damn day. I think this is the 101-er, um, which Ooh, gives it away. Uh, wee. 2019 Eagle Rare 17. Oh, boy. You know what's funny is I saw one of these one of my old regulars from Stupid. a restaurant I used to work at, and uh, he's done very well to do in his life. And I remember back in the day, he's like, man, can you get me an Eagle Rare 17? I just found out about it. I said, yeah, it's going to be a little expensive. It's going to be $400. <laughs> and he looked at me like, you're absolutely out of your fucking mind. Well, I saw him the other day. I was pulling into Josie's, and he was leaving Liquor Barn Express. And I said, okay. Almost said his name. Don't want to say his name. Uh, hey, buddy. Buddy guy. Pal. Hey, uh, sport. sport. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers to that. That was on money. And uh, he said, I was like, man, I just always still think about I bought you that Eagle Rare 17. You know how much like an Eagle Rare 17, even from 2015, goes for now? And he's like, I don't know. I'm like, oh, you know, 16, 17. It could be more because you just don't really see him get posted. And he's just like, well, yeah, I haven't had that one in five years. We drank it all. I'm like, good. <laughs> That's the kind of customer you want to like. Because I'd be, though. you know, oh, he you came know? in like four or five times. And he just was like, man, my buddies like bourbon. I like bourbon. I see it on your poor list. I'd love to get one. And I was like, man, I can find one on the market. It's just like, it's not going to be cheap. I don't need to make any money on it. Just like, I can find a guy that probably has one locally. And of course, you know, he. I said, all I ask is you fill me up a Boston round of it. And of course, he gave me like a half ounce nip or a yeah, one ounce nip. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know. But this, it's just, this is like... If people are like, what is, if you could have like oh. one bourbon for the rest of your life, it'd probably be like, yeah, 101 release, Eagle Rare 17. Wow. For me, this is what I remember greatness being in the EA's Taylor Cured Oak. Oh, man, that's so fucking good. You remember how like vivid that, that expression was? Oh, Cured Oak, I mean... Me being a Stitzel whore, we've already kind of announced that. I Cured Oak, I had in a blind and I of three whiskeys. I had two whiskeys blind, and I knew what the third one was. Stitzel 20-year Pappy. 
and the cured oak blew. Forget what the third one was. It blew everything out of the water. And I remember being like, in search of four <laughs> cured oak, 500 per. And, you know, that's, I think the last, I don't even know what they go for now. I sold one of them for, I think, like $1,000. And I don't know why I did it. <sighs> you, I could not, if I, let's say I had 10 of them, I would, you could give me ten grand for one. I wouldn't sell it. Yeah, a hundred percent. They're just so they're good. so remarkable. And this this reminds me a lot of a, a lot of that profile. Of course, it's the same uh, mash bill, but this one on one expression is is really a nuanced conversation whiskey to be had and shared. I I will put this up there in the same kind of tasting category as now young. Because where Al Young wasn't as proofy, you know, it wasn't as kind of initially highly sought after. I drank through six of them before the price went over $500. Dude, I drank, I drank fucking eight or like those. It was like, if you were to like muddle blackberries into like a, not a milk, but like a, like a egg whites. That's what Al Young was to me, was like a blackberry egg white just just jam. This is like vanilla in egg whites, like when you're about to start making like a custard. That's what this is. And it's just like creme brulee, caramel. Like, I mean, if you were to ask Jimmy Russell, I would feel like he'd be like, that is what a bourbon should taste like. Mm. Vanilla, caramel, burnt caramel, burnt vanilla. Like it's just, that's just, it's perfect, and I don't think like the oaks just balance enough. I think if you did this one year too young or one year too old, it wouldn't be as balanced as it is. One hundred percent, it's it's very well balanced, and the oak is very prominent. But like you said, that muddled like bottom end sweetness carries it all the way through. This isn't for oak sensitive individuals because there it, it is like bathing your palate in, into a, into an oak save. But it's also not a one-trick pony. This isn't just oaky to be oaky. No, man, that's <laughs> it's a it, yeah. It's a symphony that's so of fucking good. A beautiful, nuanced flavor, and and I love that you bring the blackberry aspect into it because I'm highly sensitive to to bitter flavors, and this reaches the point like almost reaches the point of uncomfortable bitterness for me, where it like completely dries your mouth yeah. out almost. Yeah, yeah but. Like for me, there's a bitter like metallic aspect to things that that I kind of am super highly more sensitive to than than the actual dryness, and it almost reaches that point, and it's like, oh no, baby, come here. No, it like come I back, feel that come back. Like bitterness <laughs> for me, like I like a decent bitterness to where you feel it more in like the gums and the cheeks. Yeah, when you start turns on your jaw faucet. When you start feeling it on the teeth, that's when it's too mm. bitter for me. But I feel like if it was like a think of like low high tide. This is like bitterness coming up to your teeth, but then as soon as it's about to like hit that, that vanilla just is like, no, let, over let me take that for you real quick. <laughs> I, that just, that's, that's a great, great description. I don't know. I don't know a better way to, to end the podcast. That's a fucking fantastic poor Dexter. Thank you very much for sharing. Thank you for being on. Uh, anything else you want to share with the, with the people before we go? Um, I hope that you all will come join us. I think it's going to be around November. We'll have a bar open down in Chevy Chase. Come see me. Uh, hopefully have some fun. I'll, I'll have a pour for you. Maybe a Miller High Life on draft Hey-o. champagne. And, um, I just want to say Masik, thanks again for having me. This was a blast and I'll do this anytime you want me to, or 
hell, I'll sit in the corner and not have a mic on and <laughs> just drink. I don't know. After that, especially, I don't know how I'm going to keep you away from the show because uh, your your taste notes were remarkable. Uh, I can't wait to see what you do with the with, with, with one the for one arm. on blinds. That's one for one, baby. That's crazy. I'll and, take that. And I don't think I'm. I don't think I've gotten one correct. So well, yeah, but fun. like you know me, I'm not gonna like me. I, how, I don't know. I I feel like I didn't really give you a chance to succeed at all. I mean, I'm kind of all over the board. But when I have a blind podcast, you bring your best. Well, true. I mean, you know I mean? I'm just glad we didn't get this one, and you hear me going. <laughs> <laughs> 78101 uh, and I brought that cuz I was like well he'll he'll love that we'll now go- over here <laughs> <laughs> Well good deal. Well in the meantime folks go see Josie's uh, there in Chevy Chase when you're in Lexington Kentucky uh get get some biscuits get anything off the menu they're fantastic and uh man thank you very much for 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 coming out and it's been it's been wonderful. Thank you.